Let me introduce you to this episode's sponsor. It's 97th Floor, an award-winning Moz-recommended digital marketing agency located in Lehigh, Utah, and Orange County, California. They're known for driving bottom-line value results for clients like Pluralsight, Dell, and Salesforce. Visit 97thfloor.com to learn more. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold. My name is Jacob Perry. I'm here with Brandon Hassler and John Hammond. What's up, fellas? Not much. What up with you? <laughs> I'm good, man. hey All right, so this episode, this week's episode, we're going to be talking a couple of current events, but then we're going to get into some pretty amazing stuff. So stay tuned. Let's get started. We're going to start this week's episode off with uh, Johnny. Johnny, my man. Johnny, be good. Why don't you tell us what's hot? What's hot? Well, first thing, Google announced just this past Monday that its mobile-first indexing of the web is now starting to roll out. So they've been testing since 2016, but they've officially announced that Google will start serving and indexing and ranking the mobile version of a web page first before desktop desktop web pages. So how often is a mobile version different from a desktop version rather than just being a responsive design? That's what I was going to ask you guys. It's a good question. Um, I would say, I mean, in terms of uh, the actual content, I don't think there's a big difference. Like the text is going to be the same for the most part, if not exact, but the experience can be wildly different. Yeah, the experience can be different. But on and the, I think that's what they look at, though. But the back end, what's different on in the back end, web guy, dev mountain man? <laughs> Code it to us. What do you mean? What's different, like in the back end, like in terms of if it's a responsive? No, as far as like, because uh, they're saying that they're going to be crawling mobile first. Mm-hmm. How, what's different in the code from a mobile versus a desktop when it's just a responsive design? Because responsive, my understanding is that it's mostly in the CSS. Is that right? Mostly, yeah. It can st- you can still technically eliminate stuff. Um, navigations, I think, is where it varies differently. Um, for example, on, on devmountain.com, we have, um, we have a side navigation where everything happens, but then... Or, or let me back up. There's a lot of sites where you have a top, you have a top like horizontal navigation, and then as you're going down the page, they might have a sub navigation where it's kind of like some quick links, especially when you're in like a pretty big uh, page with a, with a lot of different sections. On mobile, how do even though you're building responsive, the menu change, you do have to change the way the menu works. Like, are are we going to have a hamburger icon? It's not just going to show up and automatically happen. Like that's where there there is additional HTML happening there. And in many cases, you have to cut out one of those menus uh, in the mobile design. If there's a way you can design both of them to be in there and look good and function good, that's great. But a lot of websites will just say, okay, on mobile, it's going to be a little bit tougher to navigate to these subpages. Desktop, it's very easy because we have all the space. So I think that's where you're going to see the biggest indexing issues is if the crawler is going into the mobile version, it might take three you know, clicks to go to this certain page versus one on the actual desktop navigation. Does that make sense? Well, sure. But 
I mean, the news here is mobile first indexing, meaning we will index your mobile version first and then your desktop version. But if they're indexing both, who cares which one gets indexed first? It could be. It could mean priority. Like, I, I, again, I haven't read this story. John brought it up before the show, but um, I, I, I would imagine that the first crawl is going to have a maybe a bigger weight to it. If you're not opt, if you're not offering a great experience, then yeah. Moving on. I don't know. Yeah, let me. It's a good question. I'll I'll pull one uh, paragraph out here. It says, Google selected those sites that are already following the best practices for mobile-first indexing, it says, and it will favor the mobile version of a web page over its own fast-loading AMP pages. That's interesting. Side note, did you guys hear that uh, they are wanting to make all pages pretty much amp pages um like, yeah like i know that that's been google's desires for yeah. sites to design we have we talked about that because that could have some negative impacts on businesses because amp pages which stands for accelerated mobile pages is basically just a cached ver- cached version of your uh, your mobile site on google so that it's not loading from your server it's it's already loaded on Google's server, so it, it's it's more of an instant uh, experience. But if you want to make changes to the page, Google has to recache it, which means basically re-index the, the page. I, I don't know. It's like if it seems like there would be a delay in being able to update or uh, the pages if Google's keeping its own copy and serving that up. Am I wrong there? Um, maybe I don't know. I don't I- know. We'll, we'll have to do some more research before we really get in. Yeah. Into AMP and uh, mobile first indexing. Anyway, what what's the, uh, I, I think the other topic is a little bit more interesting. Let's get into that. John? HQ, the popular game show trivia app. Is this still popular? Yeah, it's got about a, what, a million uh, I played per... last night and uh, I think the game, it hit a little over 2 million players. Yeah. Last week I played with my Has uh, it peaked? Cousin like, has it has 1.5. Like it's are they still growing? Oh, it's growing every day. It's growing. They said they hit a huge spike at the end of 2017 around the holidays, which is they launched on Android on New Year's Eve. So that I think was a huge. Like now they just served the other, you know, 60 percent of the market. So yeah, that's been big. And then now, like John's little thing here, they're finally cashing in on on the audience. Yeah. Okay. So how how does HQ make money? So. They raised a, a decent chunk through a VC round in funding, and that's been the big thing. Everyone's been wondering, how do these guys make money? And it's been just paying out people to win in each round of their trivia. And so now they're saying it's they're starting to cash in with the release of doing big partnered game shows with they Wow, first how is that for Nike. a perfect segue? How do they make money? Well, actually, they're not making money until now. It's true. So they are and now. They're making lots of it. Is that right? So the, yeah, the, they so last week, um, either it was earlier this week or last week, they did something with uh, Nike. I, I, I didn't play that day, um, and then last night it was their biggest game ever. The winner got two hundred, or the, the the grand prize was two hundred and fifty thousand, and before that, the biggest prize was fifty thousand that was ever done, and that's usually on like big occasions like the Super Bowl or stuff like that. So this is really big. Uh, and it was sponsored by Ready Player One, the movie. 
Um, the deal on here, so according to uh, The Verge, the deal is reportedly worth $3 million, um, which uh, I don't doubt for a second. Meaning that the movie makers, Ready Player One... Likely pl- play or paid, paid $3, three million. million. Yeah. So that $3 million goes towards prize money? Or well, that I mean, goes straight to 250000 of it went towards the prize... But you think about how expensive Snapchat ads were when they started, like seven hundred and fifty thousand. And the attention on this is so much more. Like you're literally in a live game. Mm -hmm. There's high pressure. Like, don't talk to me. I'm trying to win money. You're focused. Like it doesn't get more attention focused than that. Uh, And so they're the big thing on this is that uh, it shows how lucrative mobile audiences can be. Like these are like in in my opinion, I'd rather spend three million dollars on sponsoring a game than a Super Bowl commercial. So they they had $3 million. Uh, 250000 was meant for the prize. And then the rest just went to HQ. Sure. Presumably. I mean, they may use that to fund you know, yeah. future prizes. Yeah. And, and is stuff. that only for one day? Just that one contest. Again, just one contest. One contest. Because there are usually two contests yep. a day. So yeah. last night, they've been building it up uh, you know, for a few days. Like, hey, Ready Player One. Like, we're doing a big thing Wednesday night to clear your calendar, be there. And, uh, yeah, past 2 million, um, players, uh, record high 2.2 million. million. That was on Sunday. So yeah, it was about the same. So just how, last night, how many of the 2.2 million players win? No, not win. How many of them would have to go see the movie in order for ready player one to make back the 3 million? That That's a good spent? question. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, movies, that's Just a tough one. Just do $3 million divided by 10 for like 10 bucks. Isn't that 300000 Is it? Yeah. Okay, so 300000 out of $2.2 million. What's the conversion rate on that? Do we know? The conversion rate on... What, what percentage is... is What did we say? Uh, uh, 300000 Yeah. What's the percentage? How, how, ma- how many is 300000 out of... 2.2? Uh... Two point two million. Wait, what's the three hundred thousand from? That's t- oh, that's ten dollars a ticket. So oh, I'm basically okay. saying, Ready Player One paid three million dollars. Mm-hmm. They need to get thir- three uh, three hundred thousand players to go see the movie in order to re to basically break even on the three million they spent. Mm-hmm. And John just looked it up. It's about thirteen percent, thirteen percent conversion rate. They'd need thirteen percent conversion rate of people who were watching or playing to go see the movie in order to make that money back. That's that's the big spend. Almost not possible. 13% conversion rate, that's insane. Yeah. And they I think they could have done like this article was written before the contest actually happened last night. Um uh, it, it it asked like they might show a trailer. I don't believe they showed any trailers. I'm pretty sure I watched the whole thing. I also all I, the questions were from like the book. Um, so they did like make it was, oh, it, was, it, was themed. it was kind yeah. of it was themed. Oh, I should have played a little bit. I've read that book twice. You would have probably done well. I mean, it's not always like directly, but there's sure. like clues and stuff from the book yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. Oh man, that would have been fun. So I think they tried to theme it more. I, I, I mean, I'm surprised for three million. Again, this is an estimate. How from many the winners Verge. were there? Uh, I want to say 22 winners. Wow, that's a that's each, a lot of money. Well, each winner got 22 grand. That's little, insane. Yeah. So whatever. Dude, I regret not not playing. I didn't even know. Sundays they do it so it's last man standing, so yeah, only one asking. person wins. But if if there's two people left, 
and they both pick the wrong answer, then no one wins, and that cash money goes to the next Sunday. Um, so it was 25000 This past Sunday was 50000 One person finally won. So, yeah, they're handing out lots of cash. It's just very hard to win it. <laughs> yeah. You just got to have a lucky day. But if you play enough, you might win. Who knows? Well, I told you, I, I brought this up on the show at one point, hquack.com. Yep. Yeah. I was telling John about that before. Yeah, so there was a girl in my office who won that day. And that was the day that had the most winners. It's like 3,000 winners. Yeah, and she got 29 cents. <laughs> yeah, they've, uh, they don't have those anymore. I mean, there's bots and stuff that I've looked into, but the problem is, is every time someone builds a bot, they, they make it public for some reason. Yeah, why do they do that? Yeah, yeah. it's like, just keep the cash I'm for yourself. I'm sure there are bots that people are not talking about. Public. Yeah. yeah. But even still, like, how does HQ have the power to shut these guys down? Um like legally yeah i mean they do it's it, it is in their terms so you can't use bots i mean that'll kick them out of the program but i think it's mainly I'm not, just i'm a, not saying players i'm saying how do they go to the bot creators and say you need to shut this down and they do like h quack they went to h quack and said you need to shut this down he's like okay they do it like the mafia does it really Break, they're, yeah. they're breaking his breaking knees, knees. <laughs> kneecaps. i'm sure that's how breakfast went on paper it was like we had a nice breakfast and i decided it was the right thing to do there's a fly in the wall there that you could record it. They probably like threatened to it's break fine. his didn't, kneecaps. Didn't you go to don't, didn't you go to breakfast with like uh, Silicon Slopes about their uh, Google Plus page? Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Was or that, did they try don't, to break your kneecaps? Uh, yes, they did. They threatened me with. They didn't threaten me with anything. They basically just said like, uh, we have the uh, trademark all across the world for this, and it's very important to Josh that uh, we keep it that way. All across the world. I'm like, okay. Yeah, okay. So I'm like, whatever, man. I'm like, and I even said, I'm like, can I at least be a moderator? No, nope. sorry. No. <laughs> I'm like, screw you guys. And now the group's dead. Like, they did nothing with it. It's like, you would have been better off, like, letting me be a mod and, like, keep growing the group and you'd have somewhat of a presence. But they were douchebags about it. So, hey, you got a free meal. It's true. So, and I uh, met AJ Larson that way. Yeah, as if I know who that joker is. <laughs> the H Quack founder, he wrote an article on Median just talking about his experience yeah, creating I it and setting it down. And we he actually just, talked about that, I think. What, sorry, keep well, He just said he woke up to an email from Russ, the HQ's CEO. They scheduled a time to chat and came to the conclusion that taking down the site was the right thing to do. That's exactly what you would write if the mafia uh-huh. I wonder, with you. I wonder if he got... You think they gave him money, like paid him I'm off? sure. Really? Or just some threats. Just like lawyer threats? I don't, like, I can't, I, can't, I can't see a way in which they can legally get those things shut down. Here's, it's all scare tactics. Like, you have a company who has a big uh, bankroll to work with, and they say, hey, you're breaking our terms of service, and if you keep doing this... Terms uh, of service? I'm not bound to your terms of service. But that's the thing, like... No one wants to bother fighting it in court because it's like, well, what if they are right? What if I lose? It's just like, hey, better back down, buddy. Would HQ actually win? I don't know. But that's kind of what Silicon Slopes was hinting at, too. It was just like, hey, we've got lots of trademarks. Josh James is a lot of money. You might just want to hand this over to us. It's like, all right. Here you go. go. Thanks Thanks, for the lunch. Thanks for the breakfast. Oh, was it lunch? Sorry. Yeah, lunch, please. Okay, so they've only had two partnerships. They've had Ready Player One and Nike. What did Nike do? They did big prize as well as give away 250 pairs of shoes. To 250 winners. to the winners? Yeah. What if there weren't 250 winners? 
I don't know. What if there were more than 250 winners? Okay. Look into that. Would you pay $3 million at Vivint to have a Vivint-themed game? No. You have 2 million people looking at their screen and a guy saying, Vivint, Vivint, Vivint. That wouldn't be worth it? With all the money you guys spend on, like, jazz stuff? So that's the thing is that's a different department, man. They're not held to a CPI okay, like we okay, are. Okay, okay, sure. That's brand. Your, your department, yes. But if you, like, were made CMO of Vivint today and then HQ emails you the next day and they're like, hey, we'd love to do a game. Sure, right now. Yeah, $3 million, no problem. All right. Heck, I might fight for $3 million for uh, – there's no way to get approved. But I would fight for it for uh, Dev Mountain. I wonder if HQ would even take it. What, Vivint? Yeah. Like, I feel like right now that they just want, like, I'm sure they have companies knocking on the door. Totally. And they pick the cool ones, like movies, Nike. It's going to be a long time until you see, like... Well, Ready Player One makes sense. It's like, we have players. Yep. It's trivia. I mean, that's, like, part of... Yeah, anyway. And they're like, all right, game's over. Movie starts tonight. Get to the theater. The Nike promotion was to celebrate their Air Max Day that happened on the 26th. And it was a $100,000 prize. And then it's, uh, quote, a prize that money can't buy for 100 specific winners. And then they tweeted out a shoebox designed with the HQ logo and stuff. I'm, so I'm guessing specially themed HQ shoes. So, but there were only 100. Yeah, so they, they must have just chosen 100 specific winners, even okay. if there was more. Hmm. Do we know how many winners were on the 26th? I bet we could look that up. In other words, were there more or less than 100? So do you play every day, Brandon? I try. How far do you get? Farthest I've gotten is question eight, I believe. Wow. That's not bad. By yourself? Yep. Well, I mean, I can't remember. Was that by myself? Yeah, I think I was by myself. Was by myself? (laughs) <laughs> no one was looking. I played even with a lot of people, and you still just don't get any don't get any further than you would being on your own. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to transition into a scenario. I did not. I have not talked to either Brandon or John about this, but I want to get their organic first thoughts. Let me create the scenario for you. Brandon, you work at Dev Mountain. John, you work at 97th floor. You both are over SEO. You target, you do keyword research and you target specific keywords that you want to rank for on search engines. Yep. There are, so those, those are kind of become your core keywords, right? So you spend your time trying to rank for core keywords and those keywords can be things like for Dev Mountain coding school. Is that one of your core keywords? Uh, I wouldn't say core. You could say coding bootcamp. Okay, coding bootcamp. Yep. Okay, coding bootcamp. So you want to rank? Do you rank for coding bootcamp? Yes. Where? Uh, nationally, I do not know. I know in Arizona, we're like number seven. Number seven? There are there are six other coding bootcamps in, in well, Arizona? Well, it may be. I need to. So I'm using SEMrush, not to get off track, but you can set a location. But once you set it, it's like set, and I did. I what I should have done was kept it at national, and so the only way to do it is I have to go and like create a whole new project. Their keyword tracking is not as intuitive as as Moz's. But speaking of keyword tracking, 
did you start using Uber Local? No, I down. I was going to talk to you after the show because I tried it out during the show and it like, I can't get it to work. So often, were you were you hitting enter? Yes. So you have to put in the location and then you have to click the magnifying glass on the right because okay. enter doesn't work. Are you doing it right now? Yes. So then it brings it shows it me. I just did up. Phoenix. Where are you in? Are you on Google right now? Yeah. Okay. So. Type in a, I, I can't see your screen, but type in a keyword. <laughs> okay. Coding boot camps. Okay. And what, what city is on Uber local? Now I need to reopen it. Okay. Phoenix, Arizona, magnifying, magnifying glass. glass. It pops up. Now refresh your Google page, command R or whatever. Come on. Now it's not. Do I need to like search it first? Coding boot camps, like the results? No. No, I mean, it doesn't matter, but you have to refresh it after the location is identified in Uber Local. Yeah, now the magnifying glass isn't even working. Okay. We'll have to All do right. it after so the show. <laughs> okay, so back to my scenario. So you go after keywords, uh, core keywords like uh, coding boot camp. What are some other examples? Um, uh, Salesforce developer training. Wow. Okay. That's a little bit of a head <laughs> or, um, learn, middle. learn to code, learn to code. That's a good one. Do you rank for learn to code? No, we do not. Do you have content built to rank for that? Yes. Okay. I'm getting off track. I'm not trying to like quiz you <laughs> on this. John, give me one of your clients. Um, let's do semantic. Okay. Semantic. Give me one of their core keywords. Um, malware protection, malware protection. Okay. So that's a, do you rank for malware protection? Yes. I'm glad you picked one that you rank for. He's thinking ahead. <laughs> okay, so so those are your those are your core keywords. Those are the ones I rank for QA after. bootcamp. Oh dang, number one. Whoa, I should. All right, everybody, let's fact check that. <laughs> QA QA what? QA bootcamp. QA bootcamp. As if I even know what that means. My computer might be biased though. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so those are core keywords. Now let me build onto this scenario. There are certain keywords that are very, very valuable that companies specifically don't typically rank for. Like, give me one of your competitors. Like the name of our competitor? Yeah, name of competitor. General Assembly. General Assembly versus Dev Mountain. Yep. Uh, give, me, give me one of your competitors. Um, Microsoft, actually. Microsoft. Okay, Symantec versus Microsoft, right? So those are keywords that you typically will not rank for as a company that's being, this is called comparison shopping, so comparison shopping related keywords, you don't typically rank for. So let me ask you before I move on, for keywords like that, or keyword like best boot camp in Utah, mm-hmm. or best security, you know, malware, whatever in the country, you typically won't rank for that because you're you're biased. Like I think Google knows comparison shopping is a big thing. They're not going to have Dev Mountain give the answer on why Dev Mountain is better than generalist so dev mountain needs to create a publication that creates an article so we just need to control the media by creating the media so so let me ask you what do you do first of all do you have a strategy right now to determine how you rank for keywords that fall under comparison shopping um i think let me double check here best because i'm pretty sure in our industry we have a switch up that ranks really well and they and you have influence over switch up don't you yeah, we're sponsored. Like, SwitchUp and Course Report, usually uh, there are these lists 
Um, and we do pretty well on those lists just because we have a lot of reviews. So it really goes back to reviews and good ratings. So we push those a lot more because we know students are Googling stuff like best coding boot camps in this location. And uh, generally it's uh, in this industry specifically, it's like review sites in many industries like best wireless headphones. It's going to be articles on like CNET and stuff like that, that compare stuff. But uh, yeah, so like we don't like reach out and say, hey, uh, what would it take for us to uh, get number one on that list? But we do recognize. All of a sudden, you're a mobster. Like <laughs> you say, that because it's got, because if you don't put me there, I'm gonna take out your knees. <laughs> you're into That's... this mafia stuff today. <laughs> um, I did just watch a mafia episode of The Office. Plus, he loves Las Vegas. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, we are aware of like those terms. I, I guess our strategy right now, maybe it could be improved, but uh, we're really just focused on. Do we have a good pres- presence on these review sites? Because that's generally how these articles are being created. So this this may be industry specific, but before I move on, John, l- let me hear wh- what you have to say. What, if anything, are you doing uh, strategy wise to uh, to rank for comparison shopping related keywords? For most of my clients, no, because we're not. That's not what they hired that's us to do. That's not your purview. Yeah. Yeah, but. Um, for a couple of our local SEO clients where we're a little bit more focused on their local results, it's a little bit more comparison like, hey, which action or, or urgent care should I go to, you know? And that all we're doing, we're not doing any content based off of it, but it is we're taking a deep look at citations that our competitors are doing as well as reviews and uh, trying to make sure that we have a better review score than any of our competitors. Yeah. So uh, comparison shopping is a highly, highly competitive space. And I'm speaking mostly in the home security space. I know that it's competitive in other uh, areas as well. There are websites that are specifically built to compare companies, but it's not... Like G2 Crowd. I've never heard of that one, but, but as, I, as we're talking home security, because that's always on my mind, if you type in best home security systems... The first two ads, the first one is homesecuritysystems.net, and the second one is top5besthomesecuritysystems.com. You would think that websites like this are non-biased, where they have reviews, right? You can click, click through to uh, homesecuritysystems.net, and you've got, you've got five security systems ranked. The number one is Front Point, then Protect America. Vivint's number three. ADT is number four, and then Guardian is number five. You can look over on the right and you have the rating. Front point is 9.9, Protect America 8.7, Vivin 8.3, and so forth and so on. And then you have phone numbers. <clears throat> you may be interested to know that this is all bullcrap. They build these websites and then they approach all the companies in the space and say, whoever pays us the most will get into the number one spot. And then you can negotiate that. And there's a contract, so it's not like it's not fluid, right? They'll they'll like Front Point is probably paying for a three month. Yeah, we'll pay three months or six months or twelve months to be at the number one spot, and they're paying an arm and a leg to be there because when people are comparison shopping, they give credence and and validation to these websites because they seem like third party unbiased websites, and that's not the case. It's whoever pays the most. So that's comparison shopping and home security. Is that disclosed on the website? Yeah, no way. Like, shouldn't that legally be disclosed, though? Maybe. Like, through the FTC? It's not anywhere on here. Uh, and it's actually similar in the lawyer space, the law space. I have a 
a law office that's one of my clients and martindale hubble is a peer review rating site and they get hit up all the time by martindale hubble like a rep there that says hey increase how much you're paying to have your listing here increase your list and you'll get a better ranking than your any of your um yeah. other competition yeah. so this happens a lot like there are a ton of competing uh websites that are comparison shopping this isn't actually what i want to ask you about this is this is context to build out the scenario in which i want to get your opinion so we we pay these sites okay this is this is like clearlink Clearlink builds websites like this, and they're what we call channel partners, right? So at Vivint, we we do our in-house sales and and marketing, where we try to maintain you know a CPI. But then there are businesses that come to us and say, "Hey, we have our own call center. We'll train our sales guys, and then we'll put your we'll put our phone numbers on." They become kind of Vivint authorized uh, retailers, or you know, these comparison shopping websites. And then they say, so we'll basically create a separate web presence, generate leads our own, and then when we sell them, we want to get paid per sale or per lead or per install, whatever the whatever the deal is set up as. So I wanna know, what if we, like my team, went out and decided to do it ourselves? So we build a separate website we work with a third party to build a separate website, totally unrelated to Vivint, like comparison shopping, and, and we build it out and we basically put Vivint in the number one spot. We have ratings and reviews. We basically build a homesecuritysystems.net website, but we own it, nobody knows that, and Vivint's in the number one spot. I want you to poke holes into that. Why wouldn't we do that? Why don't people do that? Maybe they are. I think it's we've talked about that uh, same exact idea with Dev Mountain, like meaning you you create boot uh, best bootcamp reviews dot com. Well, all of these big sites are actually owned by other like Course Report, Switch Up. They're all started by other boot camps. Sure, um, and, but, but isn't, started, it a, isn't it a collaboration though? Um, sometimes and, and yes, sw- sometimes and Switch no. Up, for example, is really kind of an unbiased thing, right? Where people go to switch up to leave like organic reviews, yeah, and that's how Course Report is. They're both they're like they're both like Yelp, right? But these reviews, I don't know how real these are Be- because this nine point nine. Once their contract is up, if someone else starts paying more, that that rating right there will change overnight. Sure. Yeah, like it's not real. Yeah, I think I, I I. That's what I'm saying. It's like switch. What's it called? Switch point. No, switch, switch up. up. Oh, switch up. But you can create a real site with like real reviews, but the advantage because it's your site, you can have the free, the featured home security system banner up here. Yeah, here's all the ratings and whatnot, but it's almost like you own the ad space right, around it. Right. So but but think about this, right? So as we're trying to pull holes into this idea, I'm I, I'm 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 challenging you on switch up because I don't think it's an apples to apples comparison. Sure. But if you were to create a website best uh codingbootcamps.com and and it looked just like this where you had the top five in in a given area and maybe you have a zip code thing because dev mountain's not available in all areas so you've got an arizona page you've got a salt lake page you've got a provo page you've got a dallas page and dev mountain is always at number one it has you know our rating and then you have other dev companies on there what what would what what would prevent you from doing it 
why would you want to do it? I mean, I want to talk through this for the, a few the things that would prevent is time and resources. That's obviously. it. That's so, the big one. I so mean, there's budget. more pros than do you cons. think that Capella would shut that idea down? No, I don't think so. Okay, wow, that really? surprises yeah, me. Yeah, that surprises me too. Like as long as like, I, and I'm even fine disclosing that we are like that that Dev Mountain is behind it, and even in the article, like we're just saying like as long as like in the terms and whatnot, like on the website somewhere, it's disclosed like, hey, this is Dev like owned by Dev Mountain. Would you hide it? Um, I wouldn't hide it, but I also wouldn't like throw it up in everyone's face. Like it wouldn't be an interstitial that pops up and bl- and blinks and flashes and has <laughs> like sun glares and um little, no little it would not noises and and on our idea that we had it was more of like we're gonna build like an actual publication and we see it as like we're gonna it's not gonna be like top 10 lists but we're gonna basically own all the ad space on it like it's gonna be it's almost like as if we just bought the ad space no one knows that like this is actually dev mountain site you might run into more moral slash ethical issues if that's what you're getting at where you own a website and you are posing as a you know bipartisan you know middle middle ground type I mean, that's person what, that's what they're doing right sure at securitysystems.net and others and if they're if they're making they're money and uh they're making a boatload of money and they're making money from those but they're portraying it as an organic honest rating then a probably not ethical and uh, probably not legal if they're not disclosing that. So, okay, I, disclosing. I, I am actually seeing now that it, it is disclosed. You can see right here at the very top, it says last updated March 29th, which is today. And then it has an asterisk that says advertisement. And then there's an asterisk next to every single number. Mm, smart. Well, then that's uh crosses off the legal problem. Does it cross off the ethical problem? No, it's there. It's, it's there. All right. So my question now becomes, if you were to do this, how would you do it in a way that did not implicate Dev Mountain? In other words, if you wanted to do it so Dev Mountain was – no one could track down – there's no paper trail to Dev Mountain owning this site. How would you do it? Um, depends how deep I'm wanting to cover this thing up. I would probably just contract – so you'd hire another company to build it out for you, pay for it, and then you pay them. So their name is like if someone does a, a who is lookup. Sure. Dev Mountain doesn't show up on any of that stuff. It's it's this. Like if I was gonna hire a, a a person like, hey, we're gonna hire you to bring you on to do all the content. Uh, what I would ins- instead do is just say we're just gonna contract you to build the website. Um, and then or bring up we're gonna have it like we're gonna. We're going to hire an agency like 97 for We need you guys to build the website, get it up and running. And then uh, our writer here is going to be the permanent guest post uh, person. Like, we're just going to get access to the blog. And they're like, oh, yeah, they let this person write all of the articles. But, yeah, there's, I mean, it's not hard to hide that. if, Especially if you're willing just to put it on your own card. Yeah. But yeah. you could put it on Vivint's card or Dev Mountain's card, and the public's not necessarily, like, just register under a brand new or buy, you know, domain privacy. Yeah. So what about, what about the implications of putting your competitors on this page? Because you'd have to have, you'd be in the number one spot, but what about the four other slots that you're basically creating leads to your competitors? Um, I've thought about that. I think they're aware of them no matter what. And, and maybe that's even more so in my case, like, 
you don't have impulse buyers, you know, dropping eleven, twelve thousand dollars on tuition. You might for I'm I impulse buy where I find a product like this is perfect, exactly what I need, and because everything seems like it's right, the prices I'm, I'm satisfied with. I don't even bother looking up other products because it's like ah, it's more time than it's worth it. I'm already happy with this purchase with something big like maybe a big contract for home security. You're going to be checking your options. So if they're already going to be aware of your competitors anyway, um, you might as well list them. You could take the approach of listing your crappy competitors that you look even better, but then your list might not be taken as seriously. I don't think it would be taken as seriously if if, if Dev Mountain is on there. And then we pick a bunch of intact. crappy boot camps that we know like are kind of a joke. Then yeah, if they've done their research, they know. Then they're yeah, like, this list are, isn't that great. Yeah, yeah. So I, so you, you would put your competitors. So what's stopping you from doing this? Resources and money? Uh, yeah, mainly. I think it's something we're working towards. We're, we're kind of beefing up our blog right now, but kind of fine-tuning stuff there. The plan is is we want to eventually kind of launch our own publication. We are actually working on launching a podcast in Dallas that uh, may or may not be like Dev Mountain-themed. It might just be like general. Like we're, we're interviewing coding. everyone because there's really not like a good podcast in that space. Are you space. consulting on that? What do you mean consulting? Oh yeah, like it's do they know it's, that you it's ran by the marketing? Podcasts? Oh me? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm the one that like me and Dallas manager. Um, do you manage the Dallas manager? No. Is there a, a Dallas marketing team? Nope. We have one, but we work closely with like our directors in the different campus locations. Okay. So we talk about marketing initiatives and whatnot. But st- I think a podcast is kind of that step forward. And then uh, launching, whether we launch a blog around that same name and kind of make it its own media company um, or just launch a separate blog, maybe it's something on Medium. We talked, it's just a lot of, we have we have so many like bigger priorities right now, like fix that that's been kind of pushed, but it is something I want to do because we have talked about that uh, where uh, there's a lot of people who make a lot of money with their products and it's because they own like five blogs that they just build content all day long and they yeah. drive sales to their main product through their own media that they control. Yeah. It's why Jeff Bezos bought Washington post. It's because he wanted to control the story. It's uh, yeah. You're buying, you're buying one of the biggest papers in the country. You now control at least part of the, of the story. There's yeah. a lot of power in owning media. Do you think that when there's bad news about Amazon, the Washington post still publishes about it? I'm sure they just, uh, don't make it the front page yeah. and blow it up like CNN would. Yeah. Okay. So, I, so let's, let's regroup here. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. We're talking about comparison shopping, basically competing for the keywords that are in the realm of, uh, like dev mountain versus general assembly, right? It's your company versus your competitor. You want to rank or at least have a portion of the voice in that space. See, in our space, and maybe it's the same, like I feel like whenever I type in versus keywords, because originally we were talking about like best boot camps in this location, switch up, course report comes up, um, maybe Yelp for, for some places. But as soon as I type in versus, Quora, for example, is always a site that comes up whenever I'm comparing like even SaaS products. Like I'm thinking about using this subscription so that, or this. Yeah, that's organically. But what about if you wanted to go into the paid space? Because you have two or three paid advertisements when these come up if you have a comparison shopping website that you can start playing in that game in that space it wouldn't take very long to spend something like that up 
Yeah, I'm looking at Dev Mountain versus Hack Reactor. Right, like auto suggest is getcoding.hackreactor.com. Hack yeah, Hack Reactor, Coding, Coding Dojo, Dojo, and Dev Mountain or Dev Point Labs are the three that come up. Which you had mentioned General Assembly, which I think is is uh, probably the biggest. Uh, meaning General Assembly is nationwide, right? And gen is General Assembly mostly online? Uh, no, they have a lot of campuses. But do they do online as well? Yeah. But I think their in-person is bigger. Uh, no, they're more expensive. Oh, they are? And they don't include free housing. And they're in like expensive cities like New York, San Francisco. San Francisco. So why would people go there? It's just that whole elitist like... To be a real developer, you've got to go to Silicon Valley to learn, or you've got to go to a New York City. It's like, it's why some people pick New York agencies just because they're New York agencies. Dude, I imagine comparison shopping is, would be huge in your space. It is with yeah. that with that big of a purchase. That's we spend more time on like like in some websites you're really focused on like optimizing your own site and making sure the call to actions are just right. Uh, yeah, we spend time on that, but we actually spend more time. Like what's what's happening outside of our website because that's where the actions really happen. Yeah. It's it's inside core. It's on these review sites. So we actually spend more time on that. Like what are people searching for? Look at all the top ten results. What can we do to either get involved or influence this somehow? Uh, because yeah, it's a big decision, and most people make up their mind before they even like, you know, hit the apply button or download a syllabus. Yeah. So so I just looked up Dev Mountain versus Hack Reactor. John had mentioned the very first ad there is getcoding.hackreactor.com. And, and that's like that's what I'm talking about is, well, I mean, slightly. Hack Reactor, at, at the very least, understands people are typing this in. I want to be the first one there to tell the story. After that, you have fullstackacademy.com. And, and then you have thinkful.com and then Quora. So... I feel like this is an introduction into comparison shopping. I feel like we should probably do a more in-depth episode. I didn't even prep you guys on this topic. <laughs> I just kind of brought it up and wanted to throw this scenario at you. But uh, maybe in the coming weeks, we'll dedicate an episode and maybe bring in an expert uh, in comparison shopping that uh, so we can deep dive. Because I think, I think there's a lot there. And everybody has competitors. And almost every industry... You have people searching and doing their research between competitors, trying to figure out who to go with. And because these keywords are typically off-site keywords, meaning they don't go to your own website and it's harder to control that conversation, I think there are ways that we could hack that and look for, like I, the scenario I gave is just one idea, but I think there are, there are probably dozens of other things we could be doing to compete in the comparison shopping space. Um, did you, you ever, have, have you ever thought about just starting like just for yourself as Jacob Perry? Like, do you ever look at the money that can be made in that space yeah, and think like, man, why don't I just make my own and start charging Pick thousands of dollars? And, yeah, so, it. so it's interesting you say that not because I've been thinking about doing it. I have thought about doing that, right? We, we've actually talked about it on the podcast to some extent in doing, um, man, what is it called? Uh, something uh rank and rent oh yeah you remember rank and rent mm -hmm. so that that's an organic path and and for those of you who haven't been along this ride for because i think we talked about rank and rent a couple of years ago this is when and we did talk about doing this like freelance on our own but what you do is you build a website for a specific industry and i'm trying to remember the oh i think the example we used on the show was 
um, auto repair. What, what do you call those guys? Mechanics. <laughs> auto repairmen. Uh, <laughs> mechanics, right? So you look at a space like mechanics where they may be very good at fixing cars, but they know nothing about building websites. You build out a website that ranks for the keywords that they would be interested in a local market, and then you basically spend a few months getting that that web or that website ranking, and then you go to, to to different mechanics in the area and you say, "Hey, I'm ranking for these keywords. If I put your phone number on my site, all those leads are going to go to you, and I just want to get paid on every sale or lead that you get." So it's a, it's kind of a longer game with, but that's, I mean, that's what you're asking, right? It's basically spin up a website and, and this one, you in rank and rent, you basically approach several different people within a specific industry. And then the first or the, you know, the person who's willing to spend the most or the first person that signs the contract, it's exclusive. But when we're talking about comparison shopping, you could have up to five different people paying because if you're not paying, if you're not willing to pay for the number one spot, well, okay, I'll pay a little less and I'll take the number two spot, right? So you're getting paid by five different companies to be on this list. That could be potentially more lucrative, especially if you're going the paid route where you spin up a website in a day or two and then you start spending against the people who are already in that space. And if you have, if you have the capital, then these companies, the ones who are monitoring and the ones who are good, they'll be like, holy cow, who's this other player? And then they can contact you and be like, hey, I want in. So <laughs> so it's almost better, right? Because in, in the first scenario, you have to go to companies who don't know anything. Well, and I think it's harder to rank for, like there's so many ch- variables there yeah. that it's like tough to know how to design it because you don't have a brand necessarily in mind yeah, yeah. And, and content changes and whatnot versus you have a business model. It's like with or without the brand, the content is going to exist. We're going to be ranking companies you're uh, you can either be on there you or you won't yeah yeah do you think it would be unethical for you to go and build a top home security website you get it ranking on your own time your own dime and then uh it just naturally maybe you bring it up in the company or the company brings up hey there's this site here that uh vivint's never listed we need to get in contact with them and then they're really getting in contact with you and then you charge your own company basically you're paying yourself from your marketing budget do I think that's is eth- that eth- ethical or unethical? Because uh, you built a valuable asset, yeah. the company is going to gain from it, but uh, you never disclose that this is my site. No, I, I think that's totally ethical. Really? Yeah, I think that's totally. <laughs> I funny. would feel sneaky if I did something like that for Dev Mountain, and I feel like in my industry, it'd be way easier than the home security space. So you would rather go to Dev Mountain and be like, "Hey, I built this. You want in? Like what?" Well, then I think if I said that, then it would be complicated because um it's like well we can't pay our own employees i don't know if there's legal issues well what about what about if it's a separate llc yeah so they're paying the company not you that yeah that could be really no no, i'm saying that would work yeah no i know what you're saying and i'm saying really there's one one piece like one element Three of separation <laughs> yeah llc yeah Wait, are we saying ethically or legally ethically ethically oh no, no no i'm talking legally i'm like yeah legally that would work you you already said that i i went and i said wait, hey wait, this wait. is you, me you don't think it would be legal for you to do it personally no no no, no. not legal is the wrong word what does legal even po- I, I didn't even know we were talking legally <laughs> we might need to back up and <laughs> re-clarify some things <laughs> you said if i went like what would you what about if you went and you told them 
and said like, Hey, I'm Brandon. I've got this site. Can you guys pay me or can I pay myself to do this? Um, I, I think it would have to go okay. pay to a all different right. entity. All otherwise. Right. Well, no, not even then. Not if you're in charge of the building, the contract, you can't represent both sides, which was not clear. Right. Sure. I guess since you're the director of marketing and, and you know, you own the budget, that yeah that would be weird i wouldn't i wouldn't like i wouldn't negotiate the contract myself with myself like well, i don't yeah. think that's hmm, brandon let's I, pay you three thousand that's, that's no, kind of what i'm saying I'm, like i'm not going to go to my superiors and be like hey there's this new website that just popped up but if it does pop up first of all i'm not overpaid but if paid the paid manager sees that this thing pops up and then she goes to leadership and says hey there's this new thing i think we should pay for and then she pursues it and then I negotiate secretly a contract with a paid manager as a company. I think that's fine. Okay. John? Yeah. I mean, as long as you're not using John's your, business, ideas over your here. business resources <laughs> and their time. Like, if you're just doing it on your own time and dime, then But if you were in it, charge man. of the budget, so I guess maybe in my no, case. No, I don't think that's. I don't think that would be appropriate. Okay. Maybe that's what I was picturing. If, like, I, if I went to my leadership and I said, hey, there's this new website. Wink, wink. It's the one that I own. Sure. Right? Hey, there's this new website that popped up. I think we should be on it. And they're like, oh, yeah, you should definitely go and make that happen. And then I just determine how much of my budget should go into my own pocket. No, that's wrong. What about um, if you were open and that was your website? I don't think they would let me. Like even uh, Tech Audit TV, for example, you could argue that uh, that would be a good channel for Dev Mountain to to be on. I've never gone and be like, hey, uh, uh, guys, uh, so... I own this channel, um, and uh, I normally charge sponsors this much. But uh, would Dev Mountain want to pay me to do this? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I would feel awkward doing that, and it just wouldn't feel natural because totally. people know that I work there. But what if Tyler came to you and said, "Hey, you've got a YouTube channel. How about we just we yeah. pay you to promote Dev Mountain?" Uh, that that then I'd be fine with that. You'd be okay yeah. with that, sure. That's what I'm but if it was me like coming and saying, yeah, "Hey, yeah. Uh, I got this channel here," yeah, totally. Do you think that if it were Tyler who came to you, you would feel obligated to like give him a discount? Yes. That's the thing. Like it's also like it's coming out of the budget that I'm in charge of. Yeah. And so it's like, well, if I charge more then that's more money that I'm spending that. Yeah. There's all sorts of conflicts. I don't know. It's interesting. See, that's why you, that's why it's gotta be paper performance on YouTube where you just, you have, you have basically the same deal you have with everyone else. And it's standard, and you say, "Listen, I get paid fifty bucks for every lead or sale, and then and then as they come in, you just get paid, and and if nothing happens, if no sales come in, you don't get paid." That's how it should work on YouTube. Yeah, so in many cases, it does. Yeah, it's true. Well, a real random question, Whoa. random side. I get hit up all the time for Tech Audit TV. It's like, "Hey, we've got this product, and they just want me to join their affiliate program." So they want me to like do a dedicated video talking about it. And the way I get paid is through their standard affiliate program that like yep. anybody can sign up for, yeah. which doesn't seem as incentivizing for me. It seems like because they're approaching me, I have somewhat of an influence over this group of people. Shouldn't I be paid on top of, of that? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Well, you think you got millions of subscribers no. and you can dictate the terms? They're saying, hey... Listen, we see that you have a few people following you. But they act, How about, uh, you may not have been aware of this, but we have an affiliate program you could be a part sure. of. But generally, they're like, the, you, the affiliate payouts are like $2 for every person that you 
bring on. So it's like, that's not worth it. Yeah. So I would definitely counter, right? They, so they have a standard affiliate, but you could go back and be like, Hey, listen, I'm interested in your product. I think it would be a good fit, but I'm not willing to put forth the effort if, if, if you're just going to pay me in beans. And you don't know if it'll convert or not. Cause I've never done affiliate stuff. So it's like, what if I go through the hassle of promoting this campaign and trying to drive people? So do you not, do you not have any insights there? I mean, you, you do put links in your bio or in the description yeah. that, of like things that you're like affiliate links to yeah. Amazon. Yeah, totally. Don't you get click data? Yeah. So like how, how well does it perform? Well, it, cause it, it would be the same thing just with some other company, not Amazon. Like right? how well does it f- perform in terms of how many people click it versus then how many people actually buy the product type well, thing? Because Amazon's okay. a different story. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but that's so, the only so, data I have. That's true. So, uh, yeah, again, it's not apples to apples. But if you were to, if you were to make a partnership with one of these companies as an affiliate, you should have some idea of how many people. Would cl- I mean, it'd have to be a good. Like fit, I like but. VPN services. I, I get hit up all the time. Hey, we've got this VPN. Uh, you know, it's a it's an eight dollar a month subscription, and we give you thirty percent of uh, the subscription for everyone that you send. It's like, I, I don't Monthly? know how many, uh, yeah, it's, it's different some for, yeah, for various yeah. ones, but you know, it's not a huge ticket item. It's not like boosted board saying, Hey, for every person that buys a board, we're going to give you 500 bucks. Uh, it's like a small amount, but I don't know how many people are actually going to click. Well, I'll tell you and then go and do it. Zero. If it's VPN, <laughs> really? VPN is like the most boring thing. Like, yeah. Like you can make it exciting. Okay. But, like, you got to scare people. How first. are you supposed to sell that? You just do a review on like you, you sell it. The, the ways I've seen other YouTubers do it is would they you just get a talk free about subscription. Like, like would you are, are they saying, hey, we want you to test it out so that, you know, and that's can speak how to that? a lot of them start. A lot of them just say, hey, we want you to do a video and then we're going to pay you through our affiliate program. And then I'll say like and that, there's been one I've actually looked at that I've been interested in getting anyway. And I, and I said, yeah, and I'm like, hey, you give me and my wife a free subscription. I'll do the video and then I'll just go with the affiliate program. And they never got back, but it's like, come on, man, a free subscription. You yeah, guys can got, afford yeah. that. What is it? 30 bucks a month. Not even that. Like they're like, they're between like five and 10 for a, a VPN. And that will cover like up to five devices, uh, in your home. So like my, our phones will be covered. Our laptops, we could put on Xbox that would cover everything. And that would cost them almost nothing. But um, yeah, that was random side rant, but, uh, I don't know how we got on that. I guess we were talking about affiliates. So that's what I would do. How often do you get hit up? Uh, a couple times a week, but most of the time the products are junk and most and of the time it's stupid. like it's there. Most of them, they're Chinese companies who have like a stupid leather phone case or something that they want me to review. Um, today I just got someone who emailed and they basically have like a smart home automation app. Um, so it's like, you can be at the beach and turn on the lights and start coffee and all this stuff. Now what you should do is just make one video and try and get as many as you can and just <laughs> call it, Hey, this is my test referral program and just <laughs> see how it goes and say, Hey guys, everyone try this out. Let's see what happens. Seriously. Do you remember that campaign? The million pixels sounds familiar. It's basically a guy had, a. you could find it easily. Just Google a million pixels. Uh, but this guy had a website and it's called the million dollar homepage. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Million dollar homepage.com. 
And yeah, we uh we buy a lot of space on this. Yeah, I'm sure you do. So <laughs> this guy, this is this is in, insane. This guy had this idea. He's like, I'm going to have a website that has a million pixels, and anyone can pay one dollar per pixel. So basically, he filled up the whole thing and made a million dollars. Like that's 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 like no one could do this again. We've actually talked about this on the show too. I thought that was pretty cool. One dollar. Own a piece of internet history. <laughs> Sold out. And all of these click through to one dollar per pixel. Is that uh that was just a one time thing? Sold out, he doesn't even sell them anymore. Yeah, it's just a one time thing. Interesting. Would you pay a dollar a month to be on this exact site? For Vivid? For for one pixel? Yeah. One dollar a month. Not one pixel. No one's going to see it. But other people bought one pixel. Who? Like, there's some of them that's just one pixel. I don't see them. Yeah, like, see where that that free in the middle is? And then, like, right to the left, you have, like, a bunch of single pixels. No, dude. Those aren't single pixels. Yeah, those are. No way. A single pixel. You can't have a single picture and create an image. Those pixels, like, you're saying that R and that dollar sign, those aren't pixels, brother. That's like, that's at least. It looks like everything is a small square. You think you're saying it's a literal like computer pixel? Yeah, it is. It's a literal computer pixel. So these big ones are like they they paid. I mean, no one paid a ton of money, but maybe they did a few hundred dollars. But yeah, that's not a single pixel, man. They he he probably had a minimum. Interesting. Hmm. I'll look into this, even though it's. Out of date and won't make any difference in my life. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, I mean he's one. he's having to spend that million bucks to upkeep this at least on <laughs> a- annual renewals for his his domain. Okay, so a lot of, a lot of shady sites on here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Most of them are four hundred fours now. I think so. Like free hosting. That's comparison shopping. Okay, as I said, this has been kind of an intro. I'd love to deep dive into comparison shopping. I think it's something that anyone and everyone would be interested in just for the, the main, the main fact that everyone has competitors and there are keywords that, that I think we typically perceive as out of our reach. And I think we can come up with some cool ideas that would get us access and kind of shorten the distance between us and those keywords. That's all the time we have. Thank you very much. If you've enjoyed this episode, we invite you to leave her a positive review on iTunes or any other podcasting listening platform that you listen to us on. You can reach out. We'd love to hear from you, whether you want to suggest topic ideas or nominate someone or yourself to be on the show as a guest. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out on email below the fold. Dot, oh, sorry. What is it? Inbound. Inbound. At below the fold IO. Alternatively, we're on Twitter. Sometimes we don't monitor that. And that's below the fold IO. That's it. Until next week, we'll catch you below the fold. Chicka chicka, yeah, yeah. Boom, boom.